Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I interview one of my favorite people on Team Teacher Career Coach, Allison Arney. Allie's worked in HR, recruitment, resume writing, and organizational development for over 10 years. She knows the deep inner working of applicant tracking systems, resume formats, and hiring managers' psyches. In addition to working with our course members, she actually owns two other companies and is in the process of publishing a children's book. Listen in as we chat everything about writing your teacher transition resume. Hi, Allie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Daphne. Allie, you have been my right-hand woman basically from the get-go and everybody I think within the teacher career coach course already knows your history and your background but for anybody who is just listening to the podcast or finding the Instagram this is going to be their first introduction and I just want them to hear your impressive history and backstory so could you let the listeners know who you are and why you're here today sure absolutely well My background, I actually went to college for psychology and ended up in HR, which does blend nicely, but it's not directly related. Um, But through that, I ended up in an environment that allowed me to gain a lot of exposure to organizational development, recruitment, all of the HR training and strategy pieces of that. So I was able to gain a really well-rounded experience with what hiring managers are looking for, what organizations need in their culture, how to put those two together, and then how to adjust resumes and train candidates to meet those needs in a way that allows them to get jobs. So I've been able to actually see it from every angle and then see it from all different industries too. So it's a really neat blend of knowledge and experience, Uh, kind of a really niche world, but that's the one that I landed in and I really enjoy it. So I've probably written, it sounds sounds a little absurd, but well over 10,000 resumes (laughs) in over 10 years. And, uh, and have worked with countless candidates on getting their 
resumes and careers positioned in a way that allows them to transition into the next step. So it's good experience, I guess, but um, helpful in this environment for sure. And that's the way that we actually connected our past crossed was I had created my first iteration of the teacher career coach course. And this was probably back in 2018. And I knew that this type of support was needed. But I knew that there were some gaps in knowledge that I didn't feel comfortable being the subject matter expert on. I could talk about my own personal experiences and what helped me get the position, but I knew that that wasn't going to be enough to make sure that this was valuable. And this is such a serious situation. You know, people changing careers is such a big part of their life that I wanted to make sure that I had somebody with industry knowledge to help me with that component. And that's where we really started collaborating and working together. Yes. And it was such a huge blessing. I really enjoy being a part of that journey. And I'm so thankful that you brought me into this Daphne and allowed me to be a part of that because watching these teachers transition and gain confidence and grow into new positions is so exciting and it's such a great reward. And I know you feel the same way um, and, and from our conversations prior to, and, and it's just so much fun. I love it. So let's start with some of the biggest questions that people have. And I think one of the ones that is top of mind for me is, what is the biggest mistake that you see teachers making when they initially show you their resume? I can think of mine, but I'm really curious to think of yours. <laughs> I would say formatting. I'd say the format is often showcases their creative side or it's a templated resume um, and it's very teachery, <laughs> um, which is awesome. Teachers have a gift at making documents really pretty and very aesthetically pleasing so that people want to engage with it. But unfortunately, it just doesn't comply with applicant tracking systems. And I think their biggest mistake is is uh, just the formatting with it and starting off with a very teacher look before they even get a chance to explain what their skills are. So that surprises me, but it does not surprise me because I went into it thinking the exact same thing. If I showcase that I have graphic design skills on this template, that's what's really going to land me this instructional design position. But in reality, they're looking for those graphic design skills in a portfolio, but your resume has to actually get seen. And if you jumble it up with some sort of pretty Canva template, then you're not going to actually get your resume seen. For mm -hmm. me, I would say 100% the biggest, 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 biggest mistake that I see teachers making is that they do not rewrite or translate their resume experience. And they leave a lot of pedagogy, a lot of examples that are not relevant to the positions that they're applying for. And they really struggle to actually showcase themselves in any role outside of teaching or their classroom duties. I would agree with that. That was my secondary. Um, it was a tough toss up to pick between the two. Um, so I, I agree 100%. Depending on what field you're going into, if you're looking for something that's still related to education, there's some room for that to still be involved, but it definitely has to be translated so much in order to get through not only the applicant tracking systems, but the first round of revisions, which is typically an HR professional. 
who doesn't really speak that language <laughs> and uh and it it does you no good to not translate if that makes sense <laughs> you're really just shooting yourself in the foot there are so many things that teachers do that are so impressive and we leave the acronyms on that hiring managers don't understand um a really good use case would be like an iep if we say it's an iep a hiring manager from a company doesn't really understand that we're you know following compliancy measures or we're tracking data or we're doing quarterly analysis of like what's going on with the students outcomes if we put iep we think we know what they're talking about but you should really never do an acronym that someone's going to have to make an inference of what that means. Anyone outside of education really doesn't understand what that means. Absolutely. And even just spelling out those acronyms um, can help a lot as well. But like you said, if, it, if they're not sticking within education, um, you know, if it's an education consultant position, that's great to have on there. And you still would want to spell it out. But if it's something completely different, like a, con a customer success manager role or HR, like you said, it has to be translated to more to showcase more of the compliance, the reviews, the the in-depth analysis, the data tracking that goes into that. Those are the corporate skills that they're looking for. And that's where. And I may be jumping ahead here, but I think. Getting teachers and helping them to understand how pieces translate builds their confidence because they look at a job description and say, well, goodness, I don't have all of these things. You do just break down all of those acronyms. <laughs> look at what goes into all of those technical skills that you have. And you'll, I would say 99% of the time, find that you have at least three fourths of what they're looking for. It's just worded differently. And that's I, why you have to word it differently too. I couldn't agree more. I mean, part of it is low career self-esteem. And I don't think that that's just specific to teachers. I think it could be gender specific in general, or just everybody has a hard time tooting their own horn. It's just mm -hmm. part of human nature for us to value ourselves and see the value in ourselves. But I wanted to kind of backtrack a second into something that you said that was really interesting. You were saying that if they were working within education roles, and I wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper. So for me, I've worked as an instructional designer and I've also worked as an educational consultant or doing professional developments. Mm -hmm. For those types of roles, it would be relevant for me to include some of my teacher duties as long as they really translated into what was being asked of me in this new profession. So working within educational companies, they're looking for experience of how you have still used products like their type of product to enhance teaching, and then how you've actually performed the duties similar to what the duties in the role would be. So for my professional development role, I really focused heavily on educational technology and how proficient I was in implementing educational technology. And then I also talked about how I did a lot of train the trainer type of sessions and I trained other teachers on implementing technology into the classroom because that was basically the job duties of this. Have you mm -hmm. seen types of roles within education where teachers are able to translate different types of experiences? Absolutely. Um, for instance, curriculum design, I know that's a very popular one for teachers to transition into and even just spelling out and actually listing the different learning methodologies that they, they incorporate. Uh, the, which also a lot of times translate to training methodologies that they they use. Um, they can draw the parallels just by finding the right name for those, like Addy model, 
Um, and then also spelling out those cognitive rigor measures that they're using, calling out Bloom's taxonomy, calling out Webb's depth of knowledge. There are things that as a teacher, it's so second nature to be doing those things, but they're for one great keyword skills to list on your resume, but they're also a lot of times for within curriculum design, they want someone that understands that and can approach a subject centered uh, curriculum or a project based learning curriculum from that angle and being able to have those relative terms there uh, lets them know that you're able to do that. Same thing with instructional design, calling out some of those models that you use to build your different presentations or uh, education consultant and talking about the different um, ways that you've improved processes. There's so many things that you can do to relate your position that you have now to what you're looking for. Okay, I'm going to have to pause for just one split second and talk about how much I think you have grown in your own knowledge of pedagogy. So much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in the past few years, you started you know dropping. So much research. <laughs> so much research. You had started dropping project based learning. You started <laughs> dropping, and I was like, oh, she's worked. You have probably worked with hundreds of teachers from the Teacher Career Coach course directly on translating their resumes for positions within education companies, which is mm -hmm. where you started to get all the subject matter knowledge, so which is amazing. <laughs> but where you really shine is helping people translate their resumes into roles outside of education as well. And that's where teachers, I feel like, start to really have a lot of self-doubt and maybe a couple negative Nancy's out there start to say, well, that's impossible, I can't do that. And this is, I mean, honestly, where I have seen you really showcase your skills. Can you talk about just a couple of tips for someone who's looking for a role completely outside of education? Absolutely. So to use that example of myself, actually, I, I could, wing it right in the beginning. Like I, I, I wrote some killer resumes that were still, you know, for out translating those skills, but it took me researching and digging in and actually taking a true teacher resume and picking it apart and studying those words. And okay, well, I don't know exactly what a cognitive rigor measure is. Oh wait, that's blooms and putting those things together in my mind to understand how to best write resumes to best translate those skills. Because then when I understand the skills, I can see what that means in the corporate world. The same thing has to happen for teachers translating outside. They have to study those job descriptions, take those skills, pick them apart, research them. It takes time. It takes a lot of conversation. It takes a lot of research. But when you can find areas that you can adjust your own knowledge in order to translate your skills, then you've got everything that you need to make that transition. To dive into that a little bit more, I know that people listening who are not part of the teacher career coach course are going to start to push back and say like, how am I supposed to do this for every single job that I am applying to? I have to dive in and dissect all of that. And I just want to, you know, put a little stop to it and let everybody understand you should have an idea of just a couple of different directions that you are going so that you can have this built with a few, what would you call it, a resume, not a template, but variation. 
mm-hmm. a couple of resume variations that you can reuse and adjust for the specific positions that you're mm-hmm. applying for. But going in blindly, I think that that's where a lot of the overwhelm and career search fatigue can come from is trying to do too many things and figuring out what you want at the same time as resume writing in general. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I do. Yes. And I see that a lot, especially in the conversations that I get to have as we dive into someone's resume. The one of the first things almost every single teacher says is I'm so burnt out. I'm overwhelmed. And i I don't even have time to write my own resume, let alone try to figure out how to how to write my resume. And that's where I love the way that you've laid out the course. To be honest, it really is so sequential that by the time they get to module four to start looking into resumes, they have thought about different fields that they are interested in. They've narrowed it down. They've written out their skills. And then they're ready to write a resume, whether they believe it or not. It's kind of that take, take the plunge deal. Um, and I feel like the first step is identifying your top one to two, three max positions. Um, If it's a training and development position, you can also include corporate trainer into that. If it's a curriculum writer position, you can have kind of this segment of instructional design with it, you know, to where you're not feeling like, wow, it's four, five, six different positions. Find things that lump together. And then the general skills for these things, just go down and make a list out of a couple of different job descriptions of words that maybe you're not familiar with or skill sets that they're requiring, and then start doing your, your comparison and writing out your skills and translating that, making those lists first. So then you can write your resume and kind of almost have this template of, okay, I'm, I'm about to write in here that I do IEPs. Here's how I can translate that. And you've already got your list written out makes it a lot more fluid. And for anyone listening who is not a part of the Teacher Career Coach course right now, this is something that Allie and I have worked on and actually created for you as well. We have the classroom to corporate translations that have already been written out in what we call like a career accomplishments journal so that you can kind of plug and play your experience and have translations already Mm -hmm. ready to go for you as well to help save some of the time. But I haven't run this idea past you yet. I was curious if you wanted to play a little game with me where I (laughs) would randomly say a job and then you just ask me or tell me what type of experience as a teacher might be the very first bullet point you would suggest for this type of job. Are you game? I'm always game. (laughs) Okay. I will start with, uh, let's do customer success manager position at an education company. The first bullet would definitely talk about managing a portfolio of 25 clients, which would be your number of students. Talk about client satisfaction, ensuring some product knowledge, that sort of thing. Okay, perfect. I love that. What about a corporate trainer position outside of education? Talk about creating a training strategy, training materials. Um, If you're able to say adult and youth learners, that would be great too, uh, or specifically adults. I would put a lot of the PDs that I have led up at the top as well, and then kind of break it down into the, the curriculum that I've built for training. You can stop yourself. You gave like four bullet points on that one. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, I'm trying to think. What about a 
like a learning position at a museum or some sort of like arts program? I would start with the curriculum development and maybe curriculum mapping. Um, you know, planning out an educational plan. And I think what's really tricky about this game that I made up on the fly and I didn't write down (laughs) is now that I'm thinking about it, honestly, the most important thing for you is you have to see the job description itself. Because as I'm telling you this role, this customer success position for an education role, that could be a very heavily sales focus. That could be more of a making sure that the customer is satisfied focus. There are a lot of different variations to the actual job duties themselves. So I could see your wheels turning as I was asking this question. Yeah, there might be smoke coming out of my ears, but there's definitely a way that you just learn. And this goes back to our last question too. Like when you learn the job descriptions and the basic gist of what, yes, there's a lot of different iterations to each of those. But when you learn the basic gist, you're able to say, okay, the main focus is going to be curriculum or the main focus is going to be taking care of my clients. The main focus is going to be um, you know, data analysis. And that's what you basically want to put as your first bullet is something that relates to that. What types of mindset challenges do you see teachers and people in general facing when it comes to actually writing their resumes? Confidence, 100% confidence. And that comes from being burnout. That comes from the negative Nancy's, uh, especially, and I want to hit on this. I think a lot of people talk at work to coworkers and say, Hey, I'm burnt out. I want out. Have you ever thought about leaving? And then they hear someone who's maybe, you know, 10 years more tenured than they are say, Oh, I tried that. That doesn't work. You can't, you can't leave. Nobody will do that. It gets into their head. And then when they go and they apply and they get their first five rejections, they immediately hear that person's voice circulating in their head and they start to believe that is their own truth. And that's just not the case. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes a lot of research like this program provides um, a lot of transition, not only with your resume, but with yourself too, and having confidence. And I think the other piece too is translating your skills requires a lot of confidence, but it also requires you to think outside the box. And sometimes a lack of confidence can block that. And so then imposter syndrome will say, hey, that's lying. You don't actually do that. You don't actually have that skill. No, you do. It's just called something different. And it's no different than if a student came to you and said, Mrs. Smith, I don't understand this problem. I don't understand this topic. And you sit down with little Johnny and you rephrase it to him with a different analogy. And maybe he doesn't understand fractions on the board, but he understands pie. And so you're able to use cooking terms or pies or pizzas or whatever relates it's no different as the teacher translating into corporate terms, you're taking your fractions and you're turning them into pizzas for the corporate people. That's it. And so having that confidence in that ability, you're not lying. You're just showcasing yourself differently. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think that that's such a great point that I want to kind of touch on a little bit more is when it comes to writing your resume, knowing the difference between what you actually are able to translate and then what is a bold-faced lie. So for example, (laughs) for example, a lot of teachers don't think that they have project management experience, which they absolutely do, just based on so many times, you know, you and I have had this conversation of exactly what teachers do that qualifies them for project management experience. Mm -hmm. And many people actually can see that outside of the classroom as well. They understand Mm -hmm. that you're planning events, you're coordinating field trips, you're project planning for nine months worth of curriculum, you track all the data, you figure out how you're going to pivot if the data is showing that you need to pivot and differentiate and change course. And all of that qualifies you as some project management experience. So you can say, Mm -hmm. I have four years of project management experience, but if it's looking for project management experience at a software as a service company, you can't really say that you have that type of project management experience. So I think that those small little differences of what you're able to actually show is important for people to know ahead of time of what's the difference between just translating and then what's the difference between bold-faced lying. Absolutely. I I think you started with the, the biggest nail on the head, which is industries. If you've only ever been in education, now if you have a previous life in software as a service, awesome, list it. But if you have, don't even know what SAS stands for, <laughs> then, then you cannot list that on your resume. And so a skill set, you can translate. An industry or a program that you haven't used um, you know, if they're wanting a particular software, don't say that you have that if you've not used it. I always tell people when deciding what goes on there, can't, if they sat you down in an interview and you knew that you were going to talk about that position, could you crash course yourself on it and find your way through it? <laughs> or would you be completely lost and look foolish? And, you know, you have to have those boundaries with yourself. And yes, it may mean forfeiting a great skill set. But at the end of the day, if you're in an interview and they say, give me an example of how you've used this or how you've done this, you're going to have to pick on ethics at that point and choose to be truthful and fess up or really potentially make yourself look silly. Uh, You have to ask yourself those questions before you put them on your resume. And I don't want to dive too much into the interview process or picking the right Right. career for you because that could take hours. You know, I want to have you back as many times on the podcast as humanly possible because I know how important these conversations are. But I do want to touch a little bit on the resume is the most important part for you to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. But there are no matter what, going to be a couple of people who may from time to time see that you are a teacher who translated their experience and say, I'm so sorry, this isn't the right fit for us. And then you're going to have to kind of put your emotions away and just keep trucking on because that is a roadblock that is going to potentially happen to you. And that is where a lot of the negative Nancy's say, you know, well, they they wouldn't take me. The biggest concern that hiring managers have is that you just want any 
position. That is the biggest concern that any hiring manager has. As a business owner myself, my biggest concern is that I am going to put a lot of energy and effort and resources into hiring someone who hasn't done their research to figure out if they want to be the position that's available Mm -hmm. and after six months or eight months is going to leave. And so your job as the candidate is to do your homework and have a couple of positions in mind that you're the you're the most excited about so that when you write that resume you show them that you took a couple courses online that you learned a couple skills on your free time and that you're confident about speaking about this exact type of position so that when you get into that interview if they happen to have any red flags about well it looks like you're just translating your resume you can say no but i am so excited about this position because of a b and c absolutely And I think one of the big things is understanding this doesn't just happen to teachers. This happens in every career field, whether you're transitioning out of that field or still within it. Daphne, I'm sure you've interviewed and not gotten a job. (laughs) I know I've got every single job I've ever got every. (laughs) No, I yeah, absolutely. There's been plenty of positions that Mm -hmm. have turned me down and I'm happy. I'm better for it. Absolutely. And I, I call them the weeders. If they're going to weed you out, great. They've weeded themselves out of your list and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And you can think about the next position and move on. And it does take some resiliency. <laughs> it does take, I think, going into it knowing like, hey, I really want this job, but if it doesn't work, then the next one may. And just keep telling yourself that because there is going to be some resistance in general. And I would like to think, and I do believe that thankfully one great thing that came out of the pandemic is people have a whole new respect for teachers now. (laughs) They had to homeschool their kids for the first time in a while. Uh, They did virtual and all of that, and they have realized way more than they did before what teachers go through, what they do, um, and probably not nearly enough as they should understand what teachers go through, but I think the respect is there more so than before. So I think now they are seeing, wow, there's a lot more planning that goes into this. There's a lot more coordination. There's a lot more project management. There's a lot more uh, compliance and details that I never even imagined. And so with, you have that little gem in your pocket now because <laughs> hopefully they understand a lot more that you are an extremely viable candidate rather than you know a teacher who maybe doesn't have any skills that translate to corporate, they're seeing those already before you ever get to the table. So they may feel like they owe you one depending on how their kids handled virtual. (laughs) And those parents at home that are seeing all of the ins and outs are the ones who are potentially hiring managers. They're the ones who are potentially working at the companies. But it is so important that you use your resume to spell it out for them. They should not have to make an inference that you understand what their job is asking you to do and that you have skills that actually match that skill set. Absolutely. Assume that they will assume nothing is what I always tell people in writing their resumes. Because if you put it down and say, oh, they'll know what that means. Oh, they'll see that that's that I relocated. Oh, they'll see what, (laughs) you know, they'll know that that acronym. You cannot assume that. Assume that they will assume nothing and spell it out. The reason that I started working with you and never have let you go, never will let you leave my site is because, and I know I've told you this and I've told members of the Teacher Career Coach course about this, is after I left the classroom, I actually wrote my own resume and I got my foot in the door and I landed my position. It is 100% possible. 
as I was in that position, I started to explore other opportunities outside of the outside of that position and I wanted to continue to grow and I had a career path in mind and I worked with one resume writer that I found off of I think LinkedIn has like a freelancers type of platform that you can hire resume writers off of and she talked to me and she said I can translate this last experience but anything prior to that when you were a teacher I can't translate any of that and she charged me I will say $250, but did not do the job and did not do something that I knew was possible. And then half of that was for a LinkedIn profile where she just, after I was finished, where I was saying, you didn't even finish my resume. I don't want to pay the extra 100. So I think it was $350 or something like that. She said, well, here's your LinkedIn profile. And it was basically just instructing me, okay, grab the thing from your resume, copy and paste it over there. And even the resume itself was using a colorful template that I knew was gonna get skewed. And it really wrecked me to find somebody who would charge and and do a job that could be potentially damaging to my career search in general. So I wanted to find someone for the course that I knew I could trust with the most up-to-date and relevant advice and I wanted someone with a wide variety of experience not just with teaching or not just in one specific niche and I wanted to kind of address some of the other issues that people might have when they're asking for advice with writing their resume maybe from a loved one or on the internet in general Um, what types of issues have you seen arise when it comes to that I'm really glad you brought that up (laughs) that is often a challenge that people face. Resumes are a very personal thing. We all, Everybody has a personal opinion about what a resume should look like because they're, cognitively there's different things that grab our attention. Your teachers, you know that. And so when, you know, when I read a resume and when Daphne reads a resume and when Uncle Bobby reads a resume, different things are going to catch our attention. We're going to be looking for different things depending on what our needs are. And so make sure that whomever you are listening to about your resume has fruit on the tree to be giving advice about it. So we use an analogy with our kids. We have three beautiful girls. We tell them before you take advice from someone, make sure that there's fruit on their tree that you want. And if you don't want to eat that fruit, then you need to find a different tree. And so first of all, look at their careers. Do you want the types of careers that they've had? Do you want the tenure? Do you want the types of companies? Do you want the the quality and the level, the work-life balance? Also look at the jobs that they have done. Are they hiring managers? If they are, are they the ones looking at the resume or is a recruiter looking at the resume and sending it to them? Are they familiar with applicant tracking systems? Have they worked within multiple industries or have they only ever worked within one because every industry has their own nuances and what they look for in resumes? Have they hired in the last three years? Because resumes have changed a lot in the last three years. And so of applicant tracking systems. So before taking advice from people on what your resume should look like, just make sure that they have some fruit on the tree to be giving you advice about that. It may be their personal opinion because they used that version and it worked once for them, or they hired somebody once and that's what the last set of resumes looked like. But were those resumes for pizza delivery guys? Or were they nothing against pizza delivery guys? We appreciate them, but but point being, or even a resume for a 
executive at a software as a service company is going to have a lot different verbiage than someone looking for an instructional design position. Yes. So if they basically, I guess the easiest way to summarize it is if they haven't hired or had experience hiring and reviewing resumes within the field and the industry that you are pursuing, take it with a grain of salt. There may be something to what they say, but really weigh it out heavily and don't rush out and change your resume every single time. Um, I certainly am not a know-it-all and I certainly don't know it all. But the experience that I have and the opinions that I have comes from years of working with hundreds of hiring managers across every level, size, and industry that you can imagine. Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 50 companies, mom and pop shops, and you know everything from manufacturing to healthcare and everything in between. And that's given me such a well-rounded knowledge of what is going to actually work within the marketplace. I'm not saying you have to get that information from me, but get someone who has a broad knowledge like that or very specific to the field that you're looking at before you jump and take their advice to change your resume every time. When you're looking all over the internet, you can start to find different types of resume templates. Like there's chronological, which is great to use, but there's also a lot of websites that talk about, oh, you should use a functional one. And those websites are either really out of date or just giving bad advice and don't really have anybody going back and editing them. And my biggest concern is that I see people who reach out and they say, hey, I'm looking for someone to, will you review my resume? Will you review my resume? Will you Mm -hmm. review my resume? And I'm, even if that person is necessarily in the position that you want to be hired in, they may not know how to write a resume to actually get your foot in the door. And whether their resume worked, there are a lot of different outside factors that might have made their resume work that wouldn't make your resume work. Whether the keywords were just specific for that job's keywords, or they had a friend at the um, company that actually got their foot in the door so they never had to get through an applicant tracking system. But I just get very, very nervous when I see people giving out resume advice or taking in resume advice, even though I know that so many of these people are just trying to be helpful, but it could be hurting you, especially if you're on a very extreme time crunch, which a lot Mm -hmm. of teachers who are transitioning are. Yes. And I've also seen people show coworkers their resume. You know, they're really excited and they're like, hey, look at this resume. And then that leads to just an open door for unnecessary comments too. Um, A great writer and a great editor does not make a great resume writer. And so, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, I'll have my English department head look at this, be specific, look at this for grammatical content, (laughs) not, um, you know, not actual resume details and that sort of thing. So just, just weigh it out. Look for the fruit on the tree. And the fruit on the tree doesn't necessarily mean that the people who are giving you advice aren't successful in the position. You know, they could be very Mm -hmm. successful in their position, but it just is very concerning to me because I do see a lot, and I think it's people who are wanting to be very, very helpful who are giving resume advice, but don't necessarily Mm -hmm. have anything except for their own small bubble of experience of when a resume has been successful. So I don't believe that just writing a resume that was successful once is enough experience for you to give resume advice for other people also. I agree. 
completely. Yep. Be very protective of that and what you take in and, and really take the time to evaluate where that, where that's coming with. Again, I said, take it with a grain of salt. There could be something great there, but just understand it's very personal. Everybody is going to think differently about what a resume should look like. So just consider what their experience is. I want to give a huge thank you to my friend Ali Arney for coming on the show and sharing her insight with this audience. If you are struggling with translating your resume to show new roles that you are the best candidate and you greatly need our support, I recommend joining the Teacher Career Coach course. We've created step-by-step videos and give you immediate access to a lot of time-saving materials, like a list of classroom to corporate translations, so that you don't have to struggle to try to figure it out all on your own. You can find out more about the Teacher Career Coach course at teachercareercoach.com forward slash course. Once again, thank you so much for being a listener. And if you have found this episode or this podcast helpful in your own career transition, please make sure to share it with other teachers who are looking for this type of support. See you on the very next episode.